He wants you to look at him as a rewarder. He says when you come to him, you know when you come to him that he's a rewarder. Listen, this whole series is about one thing. When you say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, when you decide to follow God, God promised he would bless you and take care of you in this life and that he would reward you for all of eternity. Listen, my heart for this series has been this simple truth. All I want to do is encourage you and motivate you that whatever price you think you're paying to be a Christian, it is more than worth it. And God promised that he would reward you and that if you would diligently come after him, he would reward you. There's over a hundred places in the Bible that talk about rewards, all the way from the book of Genesis, all the way into the book of Revelation. The Bible is full of verses and promises about how God promised he would reward you. We talked last week about the judgment seat of Christ, and we found out that word judgment actually means reward. The Greek word is bima, then it means reward seat. Now, let's back up this summer. Here's something we found out this summer in baptism. Baptism is for Christians only. Okay, you don't get saved when you get baptized. Water doesn't change you, blood does. The blood of the Lamb. You say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, then you follow that decision with baptism. Baptism doesn't make you a Christian. Listen, if you're not a Christian, you're a dry heathen, then you're a wet heathen. When you come up out of that water, it does not make you a Christian. We found out that communion is for Christians only. Okay, it's for Christians only. You know, one of the criticisms in Christianity about Christianity is, well, you know, y'all are looking for ways to push people out, and actually nothing could be further from the truth because the doors to the kingdom are open to all. Okay, it doesn't matter who you are. Jesus says, come. But then when you decide to come, Jesus said, you come and you enter into the kingdom. If you decide to not come, then you are not, you're not in. So it's inclusive, but then once you make your decision, it can be exclusive. So we found out that baptism's for Christians. We found out that communion's for Christians. And then we found out that at the judgment seat of Christ, there'll only be believers there. There won't be any sinners there. There won't be any lost people there. We found out there's two judgments, right? There's the white throne judgment, and that's for the lost. The Bible calls them the damned, okay? But then there's also the judgment seat of Christ or the reward seat of Christ. And we found out that our lives are being built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, this building is built on a concrete foundation. And we know that if the foundation's not good, the building's not good. Listen, Jesus should be the foundation of your life. Whether you're 12 or whether you're 80, it doesn't matter where you are in that, in, that, in that sense. But you say yes to Jesus Christ. And then when you do, then you build on top of it. Now, don't miss this. God's not building. You are. God's not building. You are. You know who decides if you go to heaven? You do. God's not deciding for you. You're deciding. Amen? Do you know there won't be anybody in hell except the people who want to be there? Now, when they get there, they're not going to want to be there. Amen? Yeah, when they get there, they're going to be like, no, 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 no. Hey, 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 I went to Rusty's church, man. Hey, no. Right? Hey, I went to Rusty's. No, that's not how it works. And I'm not trying to be hateful or cruel, but it's true. You choose. 
And then at that judgment seat, you're rewarded. You build your life, and your life is built with gold, silver, and precious stone, which are things that have eternal value, or it's built with wood, hay, and stubble, and it says you'll be tried by fire. The fire will burn up the wood, hay, and stubble just like it does here, but the fire will also refine your works, refine the things you've done. Listen, if you're a husband, if you're a father, if you're a mom, if you're a grandmother, you serve in church, all the different things you do in your life that a lot of times you get no credit for. Listen to me. I know a lot of the good things you do every day, you get very little thank you. You get very little credit. Listen to me. God is watching. He's watching, and he's not watching to judge. He's not watching to condemn. He's watching to reward. And those things that you think nobody notices, those things you do, and you think, well, hey, I wish somebody would pay attention. Your father's paying attention. This morning, I'm going to show you the five believers' crowns that are in the New Testament. God promised that he has five crowns for you. What is a crown for? A crown is worn by a king or by a queen, and it is a sign of royalty. And the Bible says in the New Testament that when you make a decision to follow God, he has five crowns that he wants to give you. Let me show you the first one. I bet a lot of you never even heard of this. You thought crowns, right? I've said this before in this series. We've heard a lot of preaching about judgment, but we haven't heard much preaching about rewards and about crowns. Let me show you the first crown. This is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Listen, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you're in line for these crowns. Listen to what it says. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or disciplined in all things. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but you do it for an imperishable crown. Let me read you the last sentence again. They, the world, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. Now, of course, he's making reference here to athletics, and he's talking about athletes and how an athlete trains their body and how an athlete is temperate and they're careful about what they eat and how much sleep they get so they can be the best athlete they can be. And Paul says that they're competing for a perishable crown. But you are running a race, and you are competing for an imperishable crown, a crown the Bible calls everlasting. You know, football season's about to begin. We've already done some preseason games, and you know, all across America, from pro right on down, kids are practicing, kids are getting ready, kids are playing ball, and there's other sports going on. There's volleyball, there's cross country, but I want to take just a minute and show you something about the NFL, okay? The highest prize in the NFL is to win the Super Bowl. Only 20 teams in the history of the NFL have won the Super Bowl. Many of them have won more than once. Some of them have won more than two or three. But a lot of the teams have never won a Super Bowl. And you think about playing in the NFL, okay? Those, those men are the 
best and highest athletes that our culture has to offer. Now, I'm not saying other sports don't have it, but let's just talk about football for a minute. They're the best athletes there are. They do just what Paul said. They train, they prepare, they work to get ready for the season. Then they compete week in and week out, and they face injuries and all kinds of different things. And they have to have a winning season to then go into the playoffs. And the playoffs are one off. If you beat, you get beat, you're done. So they have to go through the playoffs and then finally get to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, there's only one winner in the Super Bowl. Well, many things happen when you win the Super Bowl. But one thing is, is they get a ring. They get a Super Bowl ring, and they get those rings made, and they encrust them with diamonds and jewels. And, and you know, if, I've never seen one personally, but, you know, when those guys wear them, even on the TV shows, they're huge. It's not a ring you'd wear to go to work in or, you know, you'd wear around because it's just this big old gaudy thing, man, full of jewels and diamonds. And anytime you wear that thing around, you know, they kind of hold their hand out so everybody will see it. And what's that, what's that a sign of? Well, I'm a champion. I'm a champion. I competed in the games, the highest games at the highest level, and I won, and I'm a champion. Well, I read a couple of years ago that these men get out of football, and they can start having hard times, and some of them have physical issues because the game is so violent, and, and, and they get in trouble financially, some of them. And they get in trouble bad enough that they start thinking of things that they want to sell. And so they'll take that Super Bowl ring, and they've really literally done this. They go to a pawn shop, and they pawn that ring for money because they're in trouble financially. And there are pawn shops in America today, right now, that have Super Bowl rings. You can get online, and you can look up Super Bowl rings, and pawn shops will come up, and you can actually go to one of these pawn shops, and you can buy somebody else's Super Bowl ring. Now, why are you telling this, Pastor? Because their crowns are perishable. What once had great value now has no value. They're perishable. The crowns that the world offers, the crowns that our culture offers, they perish. But listen to what the Scripture says. The Scripture says you and I are working, serving God, walking with God to obtain an imperishable or an everlasting crown and it belongs to you, and you'll have it for all of eternity. Let me show you the second crown. I'm going to read to you out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and it's called the crown of rejoicing. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? You, excuse me, for you are our glory and joy. Let me read it to you again out of the New Living Translation. It's a little bit different. Listen to it. After all, what gives us hope and joy? Can I stop right there and ask you that question? What in your life gives you hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns, it's you. Now, let me finish it. Yes, you are our pride and joy. What in the world is the crown of rejoicing? Another translation calls it the crown of soul winning. Listen, the only thing you and I are taking to heaven is people. You, you seen any U-Hauls at funerals? Yeah, you know, Steve doesn't have a hitch on the hearse. Yeah, he has a nice hearse. I ride in it quite regularly. I'm just in the front and not the back. 
Now, if Jesus doesn't come, someday I'll be in the back. Amen? But it doesn't have a hitch and a ball on it because there's no U-Hauls that go to heaven. You don't take anything with you into the kingdom except people. And it says that when you get there and the people you ministered to, the people you love, the people you shared Christ with, the people you reached out to, they are your crown of rejoicing. They are your pride and joy. Now, listen to me. Can you imagine just for a moment? You see, I can't wait. It says in the gospel at the renewal of all things, when Jesus sits upon his glorious throne. I just, I can't wait for that day when I'm in heaven and it's all finished. It's all said and done. See, the body of Christ is in two places. We're here on the earth and then we're in heaven. We're in two places, but I can't wait till we're all together. And I'm there with my parents and my grandparents and my brother and his wife and, and all my cousins and all the people that have gone on before us. And what's it going to be like when whoever plays, I don't know what worship's going to be like in heaven. I pray there's going to be some bands. I pray the Birkenfells get to play. I pray that they'll have their turn and they'll be up there and we're going to worship God. We're going to celebrate. I can't wait to be there and to be there with you, to be there with all of you, to see Dion Bird, to, to look around this room, to see Newt and, and he's shaved and has a haircut. I'm kidding, brother. You can look just like that. Amen. I can't wait. You know what that means? That means that when we see each other and you see the people you minister to, you see the people that you reached out to, they are your crown of rejoicing. Can you, I can't wait for somebody to run across heaven and high-five me. Boom, man. Hey, I lived in Tulian. Thank you for doing Ground Zero. Thank you for doing Power Kids. Thank you for dropping some money in the offering so, so that uh, TCF could do it. Hey, I went to camp with y'all, and, and, and I was never around you again, but I heard the gospel. That's the crown of rejoicing. And when you see those people, you're going to be so excited, and you're going to be so grateful, and so are they. Let me show you the next crown. It's the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4.8 says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. This scripture says right here that you and I are going to receive a crown of righteousness. The Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. What day? On judgment day, on the judgment seat of Christ. And not only to me, but all of those who've longed for his appearing. Now, there's two things here I want you to see. Can I ask you a question? Do you long for his appearing? Hey, Lord, come quickly. Hey, Lord, we want you to come. We want everything to be restored and made right. I want to say something that could, might be a little bit offensive, but it's the truth. Listen, if you don't want Jesus to come, that's the spirit of Antichrist, and it's in the world. See, and I, and I was young once. Don't get me wrong. I was young, and I had that time in my life where I didn't, Jesus, I didn't want Jesus to come. Listen, the Bible says, eyes not seen nor ear heard what God has in store for, the, for that love him. Listen, it doesn't matter how good our lives are. Heaven's going to be a million times better. Amen? It's going to be a million times better. So if you long for his appearing, and it doesn't, what's the Bible say we're supposed to do? We're supposed to occupy till, I get, till he comes. What does that mean? Well, we're supposed to live, we're supposed to work, we're supposed to get married, we're supposed to have kids, we're supposed to raise our kids, we're supposed to take them to church, we're supposed to live our lives. But Lord, we long for your return. 
and it says that you and I will receive the crown of righteousness. Now, now let me just stop. I've got a couple more to go through, and, I, and I've got a few minutes, but I just want you to notice something. You're going to receive an imperishable crown, a crown of rejoicing, and a crown of righteousness. You know, I wonder, uh, Michelle, if in my house I'm going to have a case. You know, I'm going to have a nice big glass case, and you know, for trophies, and it's going to have my crowns in it. Okay, I wonder, I mean, what in the world are we going to need with five crowns? I mean, I, right? Now, now, it says in Revelation that the 24 elders cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus, that they say, you're Lord of all, and they throw their crowns at his feet. And maybe that's what we'll do. But the point I want you to see about this is God wants to reward you. What's that ceremony going to be like when you receive that crown? What's it going to be like? Listen, have you ever been part of a group and not been chosen? You ever remember being on the ball team and everybody's picking players and you're the last one picked? Or you're at the high school graduation and, you know, you don't get any awards or you're not noticed. I bet there's everybody in this room at one time or another have been in some situation where maybe you weren't noticed. Listen, when you get to heaven, you're going to be noticed and you're not only going to be noticed, you're going to be celebrated. Not only are you going to be celebrated, but you're going to be rewarded. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> My God, that gives me goosebumps. The crown of righteousness. The next crown is the crown of glory. Let me read to you in 1 Peter 5, 4. When the chief shepherd appears, that's Jesus, you'll receive the crown of glory, and it's never going to fade away. Again, a reference to things passing away, things being perishable in this life. But you're going to receive the crown of glory. When Jesus appears... You're going to receive the crown of glory, and it's never going to tarnish. You know, when I was a kid growing up, my grandparents had silver, silver, uh, not bars of silver, but like silver uh, forks and knives, you know, uh, to eat with. And they had this little wooden case, and it had a lid on it, and they kept it in a very special place. And then when you would lift up the lid, it, it was felt inside, and, and theirs had this maroon felt. Well, then there was a place for the forks and the knives and the spoons, and, and it was their silverware. And this was special silverware. You know, you didn't eat hot dogs with this silverware. You know, this was for like, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, and, it, was, and, and it was silver. I don't know if it was real silver or pure silver, but it was special to them. And we didn't play with it. Okay, you know, when we would run in the house to get a spoon to go out and dig in the dirt, Anybody here ever dug in the dirt? Yeah, you go get a spoon to dig in the dirt, right? You know what my parents' motto was when I was growing up? Go outside. That was their motto. And if you went through the house too many times, they'd grab you and give you a whipping and then send you on outside. So we'd go inside to get a spoon so we could dig in the dirt, but you didn't use grandma's spoons in her little silver case because they were special. But here's something that was interesting about that. Every few months, it would get kind of brown and tarnished. And I can remember she would take it out and she'd wash it and she'd dry it and she'd put it on a towel and then she would use this cleaner and she would polish on that silver and it would return back to being bright and shiny and beautiful and then she would carefully place it back in the case. But then in a few months, it'd be tarnished again and she would have to redo it. And, and now that's kind of gone out of style having that type of silverware and it's really not even very... It's not valuable necessarily. And like even at garage sales and estate sales, people generally don't want it. Listen to me. It's perishable. You're going to receive a crown <clears throat> that's never going to fade away. And this is crown number four. Not one crown. Four crowns. 
Isn't that amazing? Let me give you the last one. The last crown is the crown of life. Revelations 2.10. Do not fear any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you'll have tribulation 10 days. Now, he's talking to a specific church at that time. Okay? That's what he, well, you say, what is that? What's that all about? Well, he's talking to a church. Then he says, to them and to us, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Now, listen, I hope and pray that you and I never face a situation where I have to choose the gospel or Christ or death. I, I mean, we, we're so blessed to live in America, and, and I know this nation's far from perfect, but we're able to have church, and as of right now, it's safe and okay. And, and so, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, my parents never faced that. My grandparents never did. I pray we never do. But the thing I'd like for you to think about instead of that is that you finish your race. And if your race ends when you're 20 or your race ends when you're 60, uh, my mother-in-law is 90 this next month and my father-in-law is 92. Their race is still not done. But that you finish your race. Listen to me. That you follow Jesus unto death. What does that mean? That means I'm going to be a believer until I die. I'm not turning back. I'm not turning away. I'm going to follow Christ. And I'm going to do it all of my days. And what did he say? I'll give you the crown of life. One more verse, James 1.12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he's approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Two references to the crown of life. Now, the word life there is the Greek word zoe. It's Z-O-E. And here's what it means. It means the God kind of life. It means absolute life. You see, you know what emanates from God 24 hours a day, seven days a week, from all time beginning to all time ending is life. Life and love and grace and strength. And when you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you have that life on the inside of you. And when you get to heaven and you see Jesus, he's going to give you the crown of life. Now, let, let me just go through them one more time. If you'd allow me to, you're going to receive an imperishable crown. It's never going to tarnish or fade. A crown of rejoicing or soul winning. It's going to be so amazing when you see those you influence for Christ, and they're going to be there, and they're going to be your crown. Then you're going to receive a crown of righteousness. Lord, I long for your return. Then you're going to receive a crown of glory, and it says it never fades, and then the crown of life. Listen, church, <clears throat> you're going to be rewarded. You're going to be rewarded. They're going to have a party for you. It's going to be a big party. You're going to be the uh, person of honor. You're going to be honored. You're going to be acknowledged, and you're going to receive a crown. Now, I don't know if there's going to be five parties. I don't know. I mean, we, we, we have all of eternity, right? So, <clears throat> I mean, think of the, you'll, you'll go to the mailbox, and there'll just be party invitations. My gosh, Michelle's having another party. My Lord, I know I should have helped in coffee bar. My Lord, right? Yeah, amen, yeah. Oh, my Lord, look, somebody else is having a party. I knew I should have helped in nursery. My gosh, whopping butts, got them a crown. My Lord, amen? <clears throat> I just want you to be encouraged this morning, that's all. Listen, you're on the right side. You're on the right road. Keep saying yes to Jesus. 
you won't be sorry. Stand up and let me pray for you. <clears throat> Father God, thank you. Lord, I'm thankful this morning for your character and for your heart and for who you are <clears throat> and that you are a rewarder. Lord, we don't serve you for what we can get out of it. That, that's not our heart. And I know you know that's because we love you. But Father, you said, we didn't say, you said that you would reward us. And Father, I'm so grateful. Father, as we go from this place today, would you strengthen us and encourage us? And would you remind us today, even in this week, that you are a rewarder and that we have five crowns waiting for us and that we're going to stand before you at the reward seat of Christ and you're going to reward us? Lord, I, I can't wait. It's going to be so amazing to see those that we influenced for Christ and that they're there with us. Father, would you bless and strengthen each family here, each, each person here. And as we go from this place, Father, we're refreshed. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, I love you. Y'all go and be blessed. I'll see you next time.